Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing today? Hello. Good, how are you? Real good, man. Well, welcome. It's uh, good to see good to see you all on today. So uh, good to have you with us. So uh, <laughs> I love when you smile like that. Make quite a <laughs> Thank you. It's my personal brand. The y'all is my personal brand. I know. We're already getting a shout out from Carrie online with us today. So, uh, okay, if people want to join us for this episode of Influence Factory, but let's just say they're Twitter fans and they want to follow some of the topics and some of the things that are going on, where do they follow us at? Yeah, you should be already following Get Social Jack and Dean Delisle and Jackson Delisle and Kate Hassett. And then of course you can play with us using the hashtag Influence Factory. Um, a lot of people already do and now we're giving out engagement prizes for the person that engages with us most on Twitter. So get to tweeting. Yes, yes, yes. And we're excited about uh, this week's guest. We're gonna bring her on right after the news segment. And so uh, we'll be talking a little bit about conscious capitalism. I can't wait. So super cool. So welcome in this uh, middle of June. We're just about halfway through June. Oh my gosh, summer is in the middle of summer here. So I want to welcome everybody that's on with us today. Help maximize your learning, maybe turn off or flip over these little distractions, uh, devices that we have uh, close to your email and really take some notes because we want you to learn today because there's always great things that you can learn from each and every session. So uh, please make sure that you pay attention and do that. So to do that uh, and to start our engagement, which Carrie already has been typing in, hey, Carrie, thank you. Uh, that we always look for the people that engage the most, both on social media, but also the practice of engagement is what helps you convert to new business. And so most of you have been through our training. You understand that, you know that. But in order to uh, do that, let's uh, go into the questions area. So um, what is your uh, preferred way to travel? So like if you could travel anywhere, um, are you a boat person, a train person, a plane person, or do you like drive? But I know Andy's answer who's on with us today. So if you could choose to... <laughs> Carrie, that's not a proper answer. So uh, let's see. Oh, Michelle um, or uh, Michael is saying um, uh, he likes to go on a cruise. Nancy would uh, plane and then also driving. Kate, how about you? Um, you know, since moving to Chicago, I'm not even going to lie. I love the train now. Um, maybe just commuting to work and not sitting in traffic. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, but I don't know. I really do like road trips. I like being able to see everything as I drive by and making little detours, taking the scenic route. Yeah, there you go. Jackson, what about your preferred method? Price say plane because it's quicker and gas prices are terrible, so. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you saw my, uh, if you saw my Facebook post yesterday, Jackson and I are gonna be on a project building a, uh, a vehicle that flies and you don't need a license. Doesn't that sound interesting? Anyway, um, I would, uh, yeah, minus flight. In fact, I want to fly a helicopter at some point soon here. So that's on my bucket list. So, and everybody's, uh, everybody chiming in that Chicago traffic is the worst. So sometimes it's just the way it goes. But anyway, so if you guys have audio problems or you want to uh, join us uh, via an app, go to the GoToWebinar app. You can join us that way. 
Uh, you can also uh, click on audio in case your Wi-Fi is a little choppy or it's not coming through. So you can click on um, either phone call or uh, in some cases, I think it says computer uh, or it says, uh, what is it, Jackson? Another Computer, audio, or phone call. Yeah, there you go. And then if people want to join afterwards, where do they subscribe to pick up the podcast version of this? Uh, so if they want to subscribe to the podcast, they can go to uh, YouTube to get the recordings, and you can set notifications every time we upload a new one. Also, you can go to iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. Ah, there you go. There's uh, Yeah, so there's plenty of options there. So if you want to catch up on previous episodes, don't be shy. And then also don't forget that if you are a Social Jack member, you get access not only to the episodes, but all the materials that we upload. And then after each episode um, that you're on, we will actually make sure that you get a copy of the recording. Uh, but you also get a link to all news articles and items that are mentioned on the program, uh, as well as a lot of those we try to put into social media. We have plenty of ways to learn, plenty of options to follow us. So uh, uh, always want to make sure you're learning. And there's constant new forms uploaded. So we have a new, um, how many people on with us today actually uh, deal with events, like event marketing? So many of you know that we have a live broadcast and our studio is jam-packed. It's full tomorrow night. So we have an event influencer marketing kit that is going to be available in the Social Jack website so that you're the Social Jack platform so that you can download that. So uh, if you're going to be here tomorrow or if you're going to be online with us tomorrow, we'll make sure you get a copy of that kit. But that's going to have all kinds of forms and contracts. And those of you that want to do really uh, kick butt shows, we're gonna, we have some checklists in there and just ways that you can really benefit uh, whenever you do your next event. So um, uh, remember, we also have discount codes. All right, so tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., uh, we are featuring how to not just get new leads. So if you're a trusted business advisor, okay? So uh, let's see, in Jackson, that is social, the number four advisors.com. Uh, we're gonna be featuring uh, not just a way to generate referrals, and we're gonna be showing some cool new features in there on LinkedIn, but we're also, going to be showing you how to score your referral. So for the first time, you're going to have the ability not just to actually get referrals, but how do you qualify them ahead of time? We're going to show you a cool new tool in that webcast tomorrow. So that's at 11 a.m. Even if you can't make it live, make sure you register. Uh, that's social4advisors.com, and you'll get a copy of the recording like we always send. Uh, we also have that uh, event tomorrow. So uh, we do, uh, all tickets are sold out for the show here in Chicago, but you can attend from anywhere. So again, if you do want uh, a copy of the recording, you just go to, what is the URL for that? It is myinfluencefactory.com forward slash studio uh, dash event. Man, that is a mouthful. Can you send that out to everybody? Just send that link out to everybody. There you go. Yes. How do we get 160 people with that long URL? It's amazing. It's good. Well, link shorteners. Yes, link shorteners, right. Yeah, click click this, right? So uh, we also have the 2018 Summer Conference. We're going to do some simulcasts from there. Those of you in the financial uh, space will enjoy it at the Lowe's Chicago Downtown Hotel. Or if you want to join us online, we're going to broadcast that. And then real quick, we have Wealth Tech 2018. If you want discounted, I think we have some free passes left for that. So if you want to go to Wealth Tech 2018, just get a hold of Cater myself and we'll make sure you get a free pass to that. That's also going to be, we're going to be simulcasting that event 
the blockchain event in July, and then the uh, Social Media Strategy Summit virtual event in August. So if you want passes or you guys want discounted passes or to any of these shows, I know some of them are up there in price, but you know a lot of times we get free passes. So with Social Jack, it's all about who you know, and you know us, and we'll get you a pass. So that's cool. Okay, so let's move on to some news here. So real quick, I'm going to jump screens. So let's see if I can do this efficiently. Um, okay, so... Um, Real quick, Facebook commits to training a million business owners in digital literacy by 2020. What does that mean? So I love this article. I'm really excited. I think it really perfectly aligns with Thea and Conscious Capitalism's message. So some more stuff you'll hear later. But basically, Facebook has acknowledged that there's a gap, right? There's a digital transformation gap in how to use social media and this new transformation of making social media social again and business owners and what they know. And we deal with this a lot with clients. You know, you guys are great business owners. You're fantastic at what you do but you don't always know social. So Facebook has reached out and they are doing um, actively giving education to business owners across the United States to help them prepare their digital literacy and become more up to date on how to market their brand on social. Um, specifically, one of their movements, which is called Community Boost. That's really interesting and it's going to help create jobs and provide digital skills. So it's training specifically for people who are out of work, out of the workforce, looking to get back in and teaching them um, everything from coding to digital literacy to how to create social media posts to ideally help them get jobs. So really kind of a cool movement. Of course, we do have to wonder, since Facebook is a business and not a charity, is it going to be one-sided? What's their profit? What's their gain? Um, a lot of social media experts right now are saying that they're just kind of trying to make good for all the, you know, privacy hacks and um, algorithm changes recently. But I think there might be something else on the horizon. But as of right now, really, really cool. Really big in Michigan also. If you're in that state, that's kind of where it's launching. So really yeah, we cool. Always ho we always hope that they're going to do the right thing, right? So yeah. we always hope that uh, that will be uh, definitely something that they're going to do. So all right, well, maybe we can get social jack training in some of that, huh? Maybe we should contact Facebook and see if they want some really good training. Since we are so. certified with universities and Fortune 500s, I would think at least they would uh, acknowledge some of that uh, coursework. So, uh, so, so now we have Facebook ads, new tools for nonprofit fundraisers. And all of us are out there working on a cause somewhere, actually, um, uh, we should uh, we should determine you know what everybody's fundraiser is that's uh, part of our audience and maybe help push some of that out there. So what's this one about? So this one is really cool. It talks about uh, you know the new tools that Facebook's releasing and they constantly keep adding to these tools. So this one's really cool because it allows public figure public figures as well as brands to publicly promote their nonprofits and causes that they support. And the really, I think the coolest thing about this article is it talks about the fact that they're gonna allow you to put a donate button right in your Facebook live uh, stream. So you could be like, donate now, click the button below, and then you can have the little button in there. And I, I love that. I think, you know, having it right there as opposed to go to this link, go to, you know, and having to go into the, type in a URL, find the exact page, donate, 
it just it cuts out the whole search for the page as opposed to just having that little button there, which is I think genius. Yeah. Also, this is you know going along with our uh, influencer marketing because now you can have your influencers that you're that you have for your company. You can have them pushing out uh, Facebook posts, things like that, that are promoting the uh, nonprofit organization. And again, this uh, this article will be in the uh, resource center on Social Jack, so you can read through it and you know more in depth than we go into it. So, uh, yeah, and sure. yeah, so those are, that's probably the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about with that article. So. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. All right. And I have one more quick flash news because this is a brand new update. So we've been working with everybody on hashtags and how much hashtags and LinkedIn especially are drawing you to bigger networks. So as uh, you're actually looking uh, for more business or to attach your brand to more business. It's important important for you not just to put the hashtags that you think, but the hashtags that make sense to the people, the audience that you're trying to reach. So one of the newest things over here on the left-hand side, if you look real quick, it says your communities. And so in here it says hashtags you follow. This is right under your picture on the homepage. So let's say uh, we like to follow a lot related to influencer marketing. So if I click on this, it automatically now jumps to all the hashtag influencer marketing content. And I can now engage with that audience, see what maybe my competitors or allies or connections are actually uh, uh, posting. And I can engage with that content. So, um, and it doesn't matter. You know, you can see I was doing some things here on business valuation, social networking. But here's what I like the best. They've sort of taken a lesson or a chapter out of Instagram here where you can now discover and follow different trends that are going on. And I think you're gonna see a lot more of this, especially with LinkedIn. And I think uh, Microsoft had a little bit of a social influence on this, but everybody knows the power of hashtags and this is also Google optimized. So those of you that are doing your own marketing, please uh, uh, pay attention to this because I think we're gonna see a huge movement. We're using this, a lot of you know, we do monthly social media for a lot of accounts. Uh, we're using this with those accounts, so it's super cool. All right, so real quick, I have a quick polling question for everybody. Um, so let's do this. So for those of you that are on today with us, are you a business influencer? Please answer that question. Okay, so far we have 100% influencers on with us today. This is awesome. This is awesome. Okay, good. See that, you know what? You guys are catching on. So that's right. A hundred percent of you are all influencers. So speaking about influencers, I have uh, somebody coming up next here with me that um, uh, actually uh, is a tremendous influencer. Uh, uh, Thea Polancic, she uh, lived in Russia for five years and still speaks Russian. She'd get along with my dad. My dad spoke Russian as well. Uh, spent a summer assembling engine rods at Caterpillar. Uh, she's an intro introvert, but great in front of a group. Uh, favorite Friday night is in her jammies with a martini watching movies with her son and her husband. And uh, after she got married, her husband wrote a book about how to find your soulmate. And... Um, and, and so she's just done a tremendous amount of work. So without further ado, let's bring on Thea. Welcome her. Uh, please give her a social jack welcome and then uh, on social media as well. And Thea, great to have you on. 
Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I know, I know, I know. So, um, so we were talking a little bit. Uh, I don't want to sideline it all, but we were talking about your husband writing the book and how uh, I thought it was fascinating that you've been invited to so many weddings because of that book. Yeah, it. Um, you know, we. My husband decided after we got married, he was inspired to write a book about how to define and attract your soulmate, and uh, and took off. It was the, a bestseller at Transitions Bookstore here in Chicago when that was still here. And um, and then people read it and they read it all over the world. And then we got invitations to come to weddings because people found their soulmate and got married as a result of reading the book. Oh, man. So that is uh, that is just a, such a cool story. So um, so we're going to talk uh, a lot about conscious capitalism. So so give us give us um uh, pretend we know nothing. Uh, a lot of people that are on with us today uh, actually said last week, I know Thea, I know conscious capitalism, but uh, tell us, I, I, this is a global mission and you actually opened the first uh, location or the, the location here in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So conscious capitalism is a movement that was started by John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods. And he felt very strongly about business not only having a responsibility to make a positive difference in the world, but also that business is actually our most powerful leverage for making a positive difference and a, an impact on the world. And so he began to gather together groups of CEOs of companies like the Container Store and Starbucks and Southwest Airlines to um, spread this conversation. And in um, we didn't know about that. And in 2009, I was... I started an organization that was an outgrowth really of my purpose statement that was geared towards spreading that conversation for business as a force for good and unapologetically capitalistic. At the same time here, I uh, was starting that conversation up here in Chicago. And about 2010, we found out about the conscious capitalism movement. We originally were called the Chicago Transformational Leadership Exchange. And then we I found remember out, that. yeah, that was us. I didn't know that. Then, okay. um, yeah, then we found out about conscious capitalism and really knew that there needed to be a bigger brand and a bigger platform, a broader conversation, not just a local conversation that we wanted to link up to. And we reached out to them and let them know what we were doing here in Chicago and asked if, if they have chapters and if we could be the Chicago chapter. And they said, we'd love for you to be the Chicago chapter and you know, you'll, you're the first. So wow. we became the first chapter of the movement and now there are 43 chapters, you know, two of the most recent are India and Indianapolis. So it's really a global movement. That's huge. And you know, um, a lot of times, you know, so, so this is where you're at today. And so when I was going through your background, it's like, um, I mean, you know, uh, founder and CEO FM Technology at McHugh Construction. Just tell us a little bit about the journey of going like from, cat, you know, Caterpillar all the way through. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find your soulmate, your husband writes a book, and now you're, you know, as part of this big movement that is like so amazing. How did you get here? You know, it's one of those things where when you look back, it all makes sense. You can kind of see the little stepping stones in the path. But when you're looking forward, it feels like, Frogger, you know, you're just like, <laughs> right. how this is going to work out. So um, it it was sort of organic. I started out um, doing working on a doctorate in Russian art, as one does, naturally. And um, 
and that took me to Russia. And while I was over there, I had had some experience in the summertime working at Caterpillar. And so I reached out to them uh, and said, hey, I'd like to, you know, I speak Russian. I know your systems. I'd love to have a job here if there's anything that, you know, if I, I'd like to stay and continue to work on my dissertation. And I ended up helping to start up a, a manufacturing joint venture in St. Petersburg. And then that played into a role running the CAT office in Moscow as sort of the chief administrative officer there. And um, and then that turned into McHugh approaching me and asking me together with Forsyth Technology Group if I would start up a, a version of Forsyth over there. So that was a systems integrator, computer integration business doing computer hardware sales and resales. And then um, I decided to come back and I had really made the transition that along that journey. I realized I would rather buy art than write about art. <laughs> and, um, and then I enjoyed business and I was passionate about it and liked leadership. So I came back and went into consulting that was in 2000, in 99, I came back to the States and, and worked at a consulting firm here in Chicago for three years. And then in 2002 left and started my own company. And at the same time was doing a lot of personal transformational work through an organization called Landmark Education. Oh, and, yeah. um, and so it was actually, you know, that bringing those principles together to business strategy is what ClearSpace was about because we saw that strategy and ClearSpace is my company. We saw that, you know, so much business strategy didn't work because we weren't fundamentally impacting the relationships of the people to each other in the leadership team and their, even their mindsets, the, all the limiting mindsets they had about what was even possible for that business and, you know, their cynicism and resignation. So we wanted to do that mindset shifting work and combine that with strategy and execution. And so that's what ClearSpace has been about for the last 16 years. And in 2008, I began to just get this feeling that just being a successful business owner or playing that game to grow the business wasn't going to be meaningful enough. And right. I needed to create a bigger game to play. And so I went back to Landmark and engaged in a year-long inquiry around my purpose. And that's where I ended up with my global commitment that by the year 2030, business creates a world of beauty, prosperity, and happiness. And that's so that's huge how we ended up here. Yeah, that's beautiful. I've uh, I've done some work with Landmark and I started uh, started back at the age of 14. My dad um, turned me on to Zig Ziglar. I got to meet Zig Ziglar at the age of 14. And so I've, uh, I've always been in different waves of personal development work and have done year-long programs, uh, worked with Anthony Robbins for about four or five years on some different projects and things. And so it's just interesting how you know, we get sort of, you know, we either get sucked into life or we step back and then we decide to, to, to take things, you know, to create our own. And that sounds like what you did. You, you, yeah. you chose to, to not only do it the first time you went through Landmark, but then you chose to go back and say, well, there's more for me. There's more for me to do. I need yeah. to rediscover that purpose. So I think that's brilliant. You know, mm -hmm. I applaud you on that. So that's huge. Yeah, um, so with, um, Conscious capitalism, and and this is where I was looking. You know, I told you the the I had I had not heard the term voluntary exchange, and I think about this because I've been criticized most of my career, uh, or at least the last fifteen years, that I've given away probably more than I've than I've sold. You know, in terms of 
you know, we've trained and coached, we're approaching about 130,000 people globally in 36 countries. The majority of that, we've given that away. Uh, mm. and, and we want to help people. And we we still volunteer in schools, middle schools, high schools, and, and just teaching the world on, on digital citizenship, but then also using it for career, for sales, and, and for building your business and things like that with the, you know, always with the hopes that, you know, that things will come back around and, and people will help mm-hmm. out. So, so in, in conscious capitalism, what is, you know, what is that with this, you know, sort of voluntary exchange? Is that a little bit about what I was saying or is it different than that? No, I think, I think it's what you're, t- what you're describing is really powerful. And the concept of voluntary exchange is often brought up in regards to the inherently ethical nature of capitalism. It's not that capitalism is bad. It's that when you have bad actors you know, using the capitalistic system in order to forward their goals, then that's that's going to seem, um, then it makes us say things like capitalism is bad, right? And yet capitalism is in some ways inherently ethical because it's based on voluntary exchange. I voluntarily sell something and you voluntarily buy it. Oh, right. Okay. I never thought of it that way, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and yeah. No, go ahead. So, um, so there's this, in some ways, people view capitalism as bad. And we would say, it, it's also kind of goes together with the times that people say, well, conscious capitalism, like how do those things go together? Except we all know what unconscious capitalism feels like. Um, you know, it's doing business with a company where you feel as if you're treated terribly as a customer or you feel like you're taken advantage of as a supplier or your customers take advantage of their leverage over you. And, um, and so we know what that feels like. And conscious capitalism is in some ways going back to the inherently, the original ideas of capitalism, which were businesses are created by people who wanna make a difference in the world. They wanna create value. And, um, and there's that in, initial spark of the entrepreneur, what it is that I want to, what is it that I see as possible? And and we want to win the game of capitalism. I mean, that's right. a fun game. And so, you know, to Facebook, the comment that Kate made earlier about uh, when you guys were talking about Facebook and them putting out this new um, this new offering they have and sort of what's their gain or what's their profit. I hope they make a profit off of it because when you when it's philanthropy, there's a, a difference to how much of a difference you can make right. because of the cost. But if you can find a way to make a difference in a way that's profitable for the business, there's no limit to how much of a difference you can make. Well, and then um, I mentioned to you earlier when we were uh, talking uh, prior about um, I had worked with a lot of companies and this term social business was floating around. So where does social business fit, not fit with this, you know, sort of movement that's going on? Yeah. That's a really good question. So conscious capitalism is like a, an umbrella. It's, it's ultimately based on four ideas that business has a higher purpose than just making money, that you have a stakeholder value creation model. You seek to create value for all of your stakeholders, not just your shareholders, but the shareholder or owner is investor as a stakeholder has a stake is in the business. That client, is that clients too? 
as well? Yeah, customers, employees, suppliers, and the communities that you serve, as well as your investors. And that that's an ecosystem. And we want that to be a balanced ecosystem. And that you have a, a conscious culture. So you have a values-driven culture where you'll hire and fire for values. It's not okay to have somebody who's a high performer and is toxic to your environment and to keep that person around. And then the last piece is conscious leadership. We say that leaders get the organizations they deserve. So, you know, as the senior leader or as the leader of a team, you don't look at your people and say, wow, what is wrong with them? And without saying, how does that reflect on me? How does that um, show my strengths and my weaknesses? Where is my work to do? If I want to see change in the business, I need to make a change inside myself. And, and it's, so it's that servant leadership, that level five leadership, um, that it takes the complexity of being able to be a great executive and have a business model that works and lead a, a successful business and lead a successful engaging culture in a place where it's meaningful and people care about coming to work. So those are the four basic parts of, of conscious capitalism. So inside of that philosophy, there are a lot of um, more highly defined movements that really fit in there, like the B Corp movement or social entrepreneurship, which is really about starting businesses that are specifically designed to impact a social purpose. Right. Out of the gate. So it's sort of like that's we would say that's a subset of purpose because you can also have businesses like, you know, Louisville Slugger, whose purpose is to make players great, that right. that that is a unifying purpose. And all of their stakeholders get that and they're inspired by that. And that's why they come to work or, you know, chemical company here in Chicago, Gold Eagle Brands and their purposes to is that they are driven to preserve and protect the things you love and they do things that don't harm the environment, but help take care of and extend the life of your boat and your car and your lawnmower. So it doesn't have to be a social purpose, but social purpose certainly fits up inside of that. And, and at any conscious capitalism conference, you'll see people coming from a lot of these other parts of these other movements that also really strongly identify and are united under these principles. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, just, some of the, you know, well, the main purpose of Social Jack was that, um, you know, I, I sort of grew up on the streets and I was, I was alone, you know, I felt alone on the streets, even though I was always, you know, running in a pack of a group of people and whatnot. But um, <clears throat> I created it because, you know, the, the tagline is it's all about who you know, about getting to know others and, and you're never alone with Social Jack. And then I developed this whole social teaming methodology so that people knew that there was a there was a way for them to connect. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching my children grow up. I'm like, well, there's there's bullying in middle school that I must have just checked out on because I don't remember that. Or <clears throat> there was different things going on with with um, even in the workplace where people just I'd walk into my corporate clients. I'd been removed for corporate for almost two decades. But going into corporate accounts and I'm almost watching people isolate in cubicles and just not feeling connected, you know, and it was just um, a messy, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say dirty feeling, but it was like, it was like, oh my gosh, it's like here you have uh, groups where people are just almost working in silos and not, and, and just afraid to make bold moves or afraid to change or say what's so in the workplace. And, and this feels like this sort of brings all that to the surface and gives that that business permission to be a healthy business, but people to also be all in on it. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, and people are demanding that. So it used to be that you were willing to trade the that there was there was an agreement that business was about coming to work and maximizing profit, increasing, you know, your job was to produce the best quantitative results that you could produce and in the things that were measured that you were measured on and in return for that you got benefits and compensation and that that we were okay with that transaction and then you but you would have the you know the whole reason that there's a, a restaurant called TGIF right this whole idea that life starts on Friday and and we would it was success to significance I'm going to work and then I'm going to retire and buy my bass boat and have a great time or I'm going to work and then I'm going to have my real life is on the weekends and I go and I just kind of check in at work and and that worked for a while until that contract I think the real breakdown um, that, that provided the impetus for conscious capitalism in the last 10 years was the was the 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 turn down the downturn the recession yeah. because that social contract between like you're going to give me your vitality for 50 years and I'm going to give you a great retirement that contract didn't work and people saw that that they were betting on something that was no longer going to be there for them and kids saw their parents go through this and so right. we have a millennial generation that is just like hey you can't count on business to take care of you and I want to work someplace I want to have we all now want a meaningful environment we want a place that if we're going to if I'm going to give the majority of my working hours I want to feel good about that and I want to feel like I'm making a difference and that it's something that matters to me and it's not just the millennial generation, but they are definitely really forcing that issue. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, you know, we saw that sort of through, uh, I was thinking about the industrial revolution, not to go back through history here, but I was thinking about how it was sort of the factory system. In fact, you know, all of our educational systems are built on the factory manufacturing system. That's probably the biggest problem we have in education is finally there's schools that are changing and transforming you know that that part of the world or, or part of the the, the 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 youth coming through but I'm thinking I'm thinking so what do you think happened was it just what did was it just pure greed at some point that messed all that up and and then just uh, set set us up for you know failure in that and then now you know this is a little more of a holistic, connected, let's not just think of the P&L or the bottom line, but let's think about each other. You know, that's what it feels like, is that? Well, I think human beings are evolving. And, right. you know, just like adults evolve, we go from being, you know, a teenager who's all focused about just getting my own needs met to being, I'm gonna fit in and and I wanna oh. find my, my social, you know, my, I wanna fit in with the, the right group of people. I wanna follow the values and the rules and the hierarchy. And then there is an, a, you know, we get this achievement, very achievement oriented worldview that came definitely was kind of in its peak at in the you know the 80s really came along in its peak in the 80s and the 90s, where it was about there's a best way to do things. And it's about being strategic and I'm going to maximize my self-interest and, you know, the, the, sh the dark side of that in movies like Wall Street. And yet that highly kind of scientific oriented, strategic achievement oriented worldview created a lot of value and it had its you know we overdid it it had its downside and so what naturally comes online now just like the 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 quantitative nature of the industrial revolution gave way to what came after that 
what's now coming online is this a new kind of including and reacting to that it's not just about maximizing my self-interest it's about doing that yes i'm i'm responsible for doing that but i need to do that in a way that continues to grow the pie for everybody because we all end up with no pie if it's just about each of us trying to it's the you know the commons if each of us tries to maximize just for ourselves then everybody loses yeah that's crazy i i started off at uh, merrill lynch um while i was going to college but <clears throat> i learned within two and a half years there that um I got I got set up and and backstabbed at the end because I was connected to the CEO who brought me in there and it was great for my career. I learned telecommunications and to build things out, but then all of a sudden he turned bad and he got fired and then everybody connected to him got fired and and all of a sudden I was set up to get fired, you know, and I was doing a great job, but somebody just set up and, you know, changed some records and I got set up and fired and i said well this is like being on the street i'm never going to trust working at another business i'm right. going to just start my own business because at least i can i can control where i'm going to go and and you know how i'm going to be treated but it's just amazing uh i still i don't know you know like what do you say to what do you say to companies today like to tell them that this is how they should be you know we deal with fortune 500 companies and i still yeah. cannot tell you the number of conversations that I have where people are afraid to tell the truth and the company needs yeah. to hear it, you know? Well, and, and you know, the, the fortune 500 publicly traded companies are going to be the trailing end of this yeah. because yeah. it is even the whole food, even the whole food started. It. <laughs> well, I mean, whole foods didn't start out as a publicly traded company. I mean, yeah, you talk true. to you talk to John Mackey or you talk to Kip Tyndall at the container store and they'll tell you that to be a purpose driven publicly traded company takes a great deal of intestinal fortitude and um, a lot of confidence and leverage. Paul Pullman at, at or yeah, at um, Unilever and the, because the public market the, is not the stock exchange or is not set up for to encourage purpose-driven behavior. And just the whole idea of having to post quarterly earnings drives or quarterly guidance drives such crazy behavior when nothing happens in 90-day cycles. It's purely artificial. Right. So, so um, you know, I wouldn't look to the Fortune 500 to for evidence of the leading edge of this, except we see it in the consumer, consumer companies. So when there's a, a consumer brand, Consumers are really driving that. We see consumer product companies are earlier adopters of this. Food companies, personal products, you know, organizations like Unilever and Procter and Gamble are getting more um, pressure on them because of their their customers want them to do. They want their brands to stand for something. So you see in the consumer businesses. Um, but what we say, the way that we make the business case is that first of all, you have to get that it, it's conscious capitalism. It's not right. conscious philanthropy. It's not conscious. It's not a purpose with a trade-off and profit. Like that actually doesn't work right. um, effectively. So you've got to have a business model that works. But the other thing is if you think about like Dan Pink's book, A Whole New Mind and his work, just the the left brain stuff, the having the having a great business model, having products and services, that's actually no guarantee that you're gonna have a source of long-term competitive advantage anymore. 
because you invent a new thing and it can be copied and replicated right away. You have a new way, a new message you're going to market, a slick new website, a way of structuring your business. All of that can be copied so so quickly. But what, so those are table stakes. Right. Having a successful business model is table stakes. And if you talk to a CEO, they get that. They get that they have to, they're constantly looking for what is a source of long-term competitive advantage. And having a highly engaged network of employees, customers, suppliers, and the communities that your business resides in who are loyal to your brand and will say no to doing business more cheaply or get more compensation someplace else because of their identification with your brand, that is very hard to replicate. And that is a, a source of long-term competitive advantage. So you really have to be willing to frame conscious business up in terms that actually make sense to the business. Yeah, that's that's huge. Well, I want to take some uh, I want to take some questions from the audience. We have some coming in on Twitter and some coming in through chat. Um, <clears throat> and one of our millennials that signed with us couldn't agree uh, with the fact that you were uh, uh, bringing up that thought with uh, our youth today. So that was uh, awesome. They're all cheering you on over here. So, um, and Julie uh, mentioned the mind has to work with the body. So that was her uh, her comment in there. Um, yeah. In terms of um, Twitter, the question, uh, what can small businesses um, uh, do to make sure they stay conscious of their entrepreneurship while still growing? Well, I guess entrepreneurship, when I would love to know a little bit more about that, but, um, but what they mean by entrepreneurship, but, you know, if it's keeping that lively, that entrepreneurial spirit, that risk-taking and pioneering spirit alive, while you grow, um, that's a tension that every business has to deal with. I mean, there is a point at which the business is the business that that excitement and willingness to take risks that gets the business off the ground. At some point, you begin to have a good a good problem, which is that you can't deliver to meet the demands for your right. product, and you've got to start creating structure and process and bringing in more methodical ways of doing things. And then the trick is, how do we stay entrepreneurial? while we're beginning to get more thoughtful and methodical about how we do things and not have that tilt too far to the other end. So, I mean, just in, in terms of growing any business, it's about being clear about what everybody contributes, creating a leadership team where um, you've got a balance of perspectives and everybody feels comfortable sharing their perspectives and you're getting the best thinking out on the table. And um, it's not dominated by one person. Right. Right. So we have a lot of uh, CEOs and business leaders um, listening in. And, and I, I was looking through and I know ClearSpace, you, you do a lot of leadership development and there's a lot of this that transfers over to conscious capitalism. But, um, you know, if you were going to if you were going to give us a place to start besides coming to conscious capitalism, but what would you tell us to look at first, you know, in terms of our business? So. Um, do we look at ourselves? Do we look at the culture? You know, is there, a, you know, is a checklist or a starting point for this? People come to conscious capitalism in a lot of different ways. That, that's a good question. There are some really good resources. So for the readers out there, you know, you might start with firms of endearment and to get yourselves familiar with conscious, what the basic thinking is behind conscious capitalism and how to begin to make a, a case for that. There also is um, the Conscious Capitalism Field Guide is just out, and that gives you, it, it really goes into how to, to dive into each of these four pillars. So some 
leaders say, I really think we should get clear about our purpose. We need to know what to say yes to as a business and what to say no to and, and be that beacon that's really clear about what we stand for. So some organizations start there and that field guide gives resources around that. Or some people say, well, I think we really need to get clear about our value system. We want to be able to scale decision making. We want to, to know that people are making high quality decisions and doing what's best and um, they're interacting with each other in the way that we we stand for. So maybe we should start with our values. And and so there are a lot of great things. Um, the book Built on Values is a good one if you're interested in starting with values as well as that field guide. Um, I would say, but for any CEO who's starting on this journey, get yourself a good coach because not just that's not just self-serving but coaches are you have to prepare inside of you that the perspective that you want to bring to the business so it's very hard for you to advocate for your business getting clear about its purpose if you're not clear about your purpose or you haven't begun to do that inner work to be able to understand what value that brings you and you know for you to advocate for the business to have values and yet you're not clear about your own yet um right. so so you need to be able to have a forum where you can begin to develop yourself as a conscious leader and, and then determine how, have a partner to help determine what's the most thoughtful way to begin to engage my organization on that journey. Because this is a, this is a long-term journey. It's not a, oh, we did that kind of a thing. You talk to people like the CEO of First United Bank or talk to people like John Mackey at Whole Foods and they'll say, you know, talk to me 10 years from now because it's only been 10 years or it's only been 15 years. Yeah, that's huge. Miriam just said uh, too many people dismiss the value of a good business coach or a career coach. And that's certainly the truth. We've, uh, we've been committed to a, a, you know, a coaching culture here while we do a lot of servicing, everybody that services is required. And we also have the social Jack Academy, which you heard me talk about earlier, but everybody here is required for coaching Kate Jackson, everybody that you've met plus <clears throat> uh, participates in helping somebody else. And, and I'm, I'm just reflecting on our own business as you're, as you're talking yeah, about this great. and, um, and thinking about the fact that in our workshops, we actually require and have everybody uh, agree to teach what they learn uh, to their children and to people they care about, you know, sort of pass it on, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, but, you know, and there's always that next level. So I'm like, okay, so what do we, what do we have to do? You know, what should we be doing next? And so, uh, you know, right. that's, this is helping me a lot too as well. So hopefully everybody's yeah. uh, getting a good value out of that. So Well, and a, and a good coach is, you know, is has a sense of business acumen. So unfortunately, a lot of coaches are coming from the perspective of the consciousness side of it. Like, oh, I want to talk about, I want to help you with purpose and values, but they themselves can't anchor it and have that make sense inside of the business context and help you build the case for that from a very pragmatic standpoint. Um, and yet, on the other hand, a good coach should also have a grounding in adult development. Like, how do right. how do adults actually learn? And how do I support you as an adult and a CEO of your organization on that learning path? What does that look like? So um, it does. It, a, a truly a great coach is, is um, a, an important support. It's very hard to find our blind spots by ourselves. For sure. For sure. What's your, and I know Landmark and a lot of the groups I, I have supported this, but 
Um, what's your thought on, you know, individual coaching and a question just came up. What about group coaching in terms of what's your thought on both of those? I think you, it's important for you to find what structure feels right for you and yeah. try out a couple of different things. I mean, many people join organizations. There are um, organizations like Vistage, which are in essence in sort of a peer to peer group coaching sure. structure or YPO has, you know, YPO forums are like that. And, um, there are some coaches who do group work and there are coaches who do one-on-one. -on -one. We, we preference a, um, a team, high performance team building model over time where we're doing work with the leadership team as a group and also coaching each person individually. So we're impacting the whole system and leaving something behind that's self-sustaining um, as opposed to just uh, working with the CEO and not supporting them and helping to, to change their system when we walk away. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then uh, Julie asks, are, are women different than men? Julie, I'm going to pick that one. Yes, they're very different than men. But uh, but I also think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's based on the individual. <clears throat> I remember uh, wanting to go directly into a power lab or a power group when I was in my last stint of coaching. And they were uh, they were like, no, you need to go into self-care and and understand how to take care of yourself right. and, and and nurture. You know, it's more nurturing and things like that. And I was like, no, I'm a street guy. I just I want to go for more power. <laughs> They're like, no, yeah, you, can't have, you, you can't do that. You can't have power until you go through this. And yeah, it's probably one of the best decisions I ever made. You know? Well, we often want to do that. We want to double down on our strengths. Right. And, you know, it's great to have that challenger voice who can hold a broader perspective and say, how about this thing over here? I'm not sure that you're paying attention to this this area over here. The, you know, the, the one that you keep saying, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. Like, maybe we should look at that. <laughs> I know. It's just so cool. It's just, um, I, you know. I just wish more people would uh, have the opportunity to be open-minded because, you know, whenever I've gone through, you know, especially my most intense um, transformation within coaching, it's just interesting how unsupportive a lot of times the world is around you. You know, that's both in the workplace, business, your life, you know, it just, it's always blown me away. Like, I don't care. I'm going to voice, I'm going to, I'm going to do positive stuff on, on Facebook. You can hate me for it, but I'm going to do a motivational post. So. You well, that's know. how you that's how you know that you're doing something innovative, though. Right. If right. it were the world were already aligned with it, it wouldn't be unique and different. So we always tell our, our organizational, our company clients, you know, if you guys are doing something new, then get used to breakdowns and people disagreeing with you because that's the byproduct of doing anything innovative. And um, and, you know, so get used to being uncomfortable if you really want to get out there and innovate. And, and, you know, we also need to support you in aligning the world around you to now be more hospitable to the shift that you're trying to make. And I think a lot of leaders, whether they're choosing to pursue conscious capitalism or, the, or some other initiative that's important to them, they, are, they make the mistake of making these changes and then not really contextualizing them for their organization, not really letting people know what they're up to or why they're making these changes. You know, we see... Oftentimes CEOs, there's a CEO summit in October every year for conscious capitalism and they'll go, they'll get very, very jazzed about that. And then they'll come back and they'll assign everybody the book in their organization and then not really say much else about it and then wonder why nothing happened. And so instead of that being the beginning of a powerful change, it becomes, oh, the CEO's, you know, latest pet project. 
So it's important that if you're making a shift as a leader, that you take the time to think about how do I actually need to communicate and frame this up for the people around me, whether they're my my spouse or my kids or the people in my company to let them know, hey, I'm going to make a shift here. And this is why I think it's important. And I really need you to support me. Yeah, right. Uh, Jenny Z says coaching brings light to the blind spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, Julie, Julie asks, what book do they uh, take within the organization? Well, it could be either the conscious capitalism. Oftentimes they'll they'll just come back and assign everybody to read conscious capitalism. Or it could be, you know, one of the keynote speakers that they heard. We had a guy at the CEO Summit last year talked about, um, Pascal Frenette talked about exponential change. So they get all fired up about that and then come back and have everybody read that or Firms of Endearment or, you know, any of the ones on the shelf behind me. And just transformation by book club does not work. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't work. I know, I know, I know. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, we're just getting ready to wrap up here. We want to invite you to stay on with us as we as we close out the program. And this has been tremendous. I've uh, it's it really um, grounds me back to the fact that uh, you know, as uh, my coach doesn't allow me to miss a session when I do, it's you know, it's it's really I'm just hurting myself by doing that, you know. So uh, I do want to encourage people to make sure that they do uh, check out, um, uh, you know, Conscious Capitalism, the Chicago chapter. And then, how often do you guys get together? How often yeah, thanks get- for, thanks for that. So. ConsciousCapitalismChicago.org is our website. We have quarterly gatherings for our public. We have a CEO breakfast every quarter, and we have a happy hour open, you know, just networking event every quarter. Our next events are September 7th, uh, 6th and 7th. And um, we're very excited about how we're bringing Howard Ross. This is Dr. Danny Friedland, who was just with us last week. And you can get on our mailing list so that you'd make sure that you don't miss any of the events. That's You can do that on our website as well. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we send out a link to the website as well as the social channels that are out here. So, and then uh, <clears throat> and then you have different levels where Pete looks like people can join the chapter, et cetera, right? Yep, there's individual and corporate membership. Yeah, and awesome. um, and just because we did spend some time talking about coaching and development, if you go to our ClearSpace website, which is clearspace.net, we do have resources up there. So if we've read a favorite book, we've got a few favorites up there under each of those different tabs. So we try to provide some. And um, my link, on my LinkedIn profile, we're, I'm posting something every week that jumped out at me that I found interesting. So trying to pay it forward and provide just some, some support to people on their journeys, whether they're engaged with us or not. That's awesome. And did you see the whole hashtag thing now? That's like a whole new level of LinkedIn. So uh it's uh, sort of an awesome way to attach your stuff out there. So. Yeah, like I'm just going to do posts that have like just 50 hashtags. Now I'm not even going <laughs> to hashtag the word and and the word the and, you know, just hashtag everything. Well, yeah. Well, we say four, you know, maybe four <laughs> max. You know, that's that's our that's our rule, our best practice. It's good. I'm glad you're providing yeah. some guidance there because there yeah. is, there's, there's a new like hashtag. There's there's some new affliction of like I know. Of, <clears throat> hashtags. It's almost like when people found out they could connect to each other on social media, then they connected to everybody and knew no one. So don't get me right. started. <laughs> 
All I'm right, there well, with you. I'm glad you're out there striking a blow for freedom on uh, oh, using man. social media correctly. <laughs> correctly, yeah. Remember, there's people on the other side of the click, is what we say. So, all right. Well, um, we're going to bring uh, Jackson and Kate back on. I'm going to do a quick uh, question here for people that want to be put on the waiting list. Uh, we have influencer development and marketing classes coming up, social streaming. This last one, I apologize, it booked up so fast that uh, that I know a lot of people can only view it online. But if uh, you want, just click on the um, class that you want to attend next, and we'll put you on the waiting list. Uh, no obligation there. And so uh, with that, um, we're going to bring uh, Kate and Jackson back. And then uh, we have uh, next week. We have um, we have Duffy Atkins, who I've known Duffy for about 10 years. I don't know if you guys are connected to the WGN Weather Center team, but uh, she's um, she's fun. She's funny. She's got a great story, and uh, she has um, uh, she's she sort of developed this following on social media that'll be real fascinating to hear about. But uh, great person and uh, great person here yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, I was scrolling through her Facebook uh, the other day while I was putting together all the information on her, and she had a uh, post on Facebook that said something about definitely. She used her name instead of definitely, and I thought that was genius. Very yeah, just <laughs> Definitely weather, that's her. <laughs> yeah. So she's, yeah. I yes. I'm very, yeah, very excited to hear uh, her thoughts on a lot of things, so. All right, everybody. Remember, as part of the program, we always ask that you take one thing that you heard uh, Thea talk about and, you know, and maybe inspired you about and one thing you're going to do differently starting now. So make sure let's type that in right now so we can commit to ourselves and commit to that next step of ourselves and how we can all be better and do the right thing and really be a better business and, and really help our world be better out there. And that's my big takeaway. Kate, what was your big takeaway? Um, I love when she said that, well, I kind of switched a little bit to, to fit what I was talking about or thinking about, but innovation and leadership is not a book club. Loved that. <laughs> we actually had Jimmy Z chime in and say that um, most people have really smart bookshelves. And so I love that as somebody that coaches clients and a social media team and, you know, specifically interns, um, I need to do a little more of uh, practicing what I preach and not just, you know, read this book, figure it out a little more proactive coaching. So I really, I really was inspired by today's session. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Jackson, any takeaway for you? Yeah, I can definitely vouch for having a very smart bookshelf and not having time to, you know, open up a book. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I, I think my favorite thing that she said was that uh, it's not that, like the, the fact that people will get this idea that capitalism is bad and capitalism yes. is and it's all because they don't have the voluntary exchange. Or mindset. So. Yeah, the voluntary exchange mindset. I think that's, that's a mm -hmm. huge thing. So a lot of people are chiming in. Uh, Purpose-driven living, being more conscious of my business purpose, working on purpose. A lot of people are going to reach out to your organization. So I think all in all, we have helped change a lot of lives here, Thea. So thank you so much for inspiring our group. Um, happy. And, uh, now we always pick a couple of winners. So uh, Jackson, do we have a winner for our? Uh, yes, we do. Here? Our winner for today is Carrie Nori. He was on top of everything, and you know we love Carrie. He's a good friend of ours. So, but yeah, he was on top of it. This is his first one back in a while, and 
he was very attentive the entire time. So awesome, right. awesome stuff. So, uh, so remember, Carrie, when you have that Starbucks uh, with somebody, make sure that you share what you learned today from Thea and the show today. Oh, yeah, Jackson wants you to take him, so he's uh, already claiming that Starbucks. Uh, and then, uh, Kate, do we have somebody on Twitter that's a winner? We do. We actually got a new follower. It looks like he's connected to Thea's network, and his name is Scott Valentine. He engaged a lot on Twitter, so shout uh-huh. out to Scott. And a Starbucks gift card going out to Scott, so there you go. All right, and then Scott, you, you now you, you, since you know Thea, I think maybe you take Thea for a cup of coffee, and you bring a guest because there should be enough in there for three lattes, I think. Awesome. So just, just three. All right. Well, I want to thank you again, Thea, and thank everybody. Uh, your, uh, your handle is up there for Twitter, and then uh, you're definitely accessible on LinkedIn. You're active on LinkedIn, so please uh, connect to Thea and her company, and really show her a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of connection and care. And then um, we look forward to uh, having everybody on next week's program. And uh, we look forward to seeing you online, being more conscious about your capitalism. So, (laughs) all right, everybody, we'll see you online. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.